Single Simulcast, episode 227, Fat Man, Shantae, me, no guests, we don't need them, we got what we need, but you say he's just a friend, but you say he's just, never mind, um, you can check us out at singlesimulcast.com, uh, you can check us out on Stitcher, uh, you can actually check us out on Google Music now, we're on the Google Play Store, um, pretty pleased with that, that, that happened late last week and it was something that I've been trying to get established since wow I would say summer but it's probably been longer than that and they always had an issue with the RSS feed so it finally just went through for some strange reason uh, to which I'm grateful um, you could check us out at uh, on Facebook uh, at Facebook.com backslash single simulcast. Uh, you can email us at single simulcast at gmail.com. Uh, Shantae's website is Bury Me in Red Lipstick. It is all things uh, makeup and uh, all things awesome. Uh, I don't have a website. <laughs> I need a website. Um, if somebody wants to design a better website for single simulcast, that would be great. Uh, we still have the same one that was established back in 2010, which means that it is now ancient, uh, in internet age times. Um, Shantae can be found on Twitter at Shantae Fabulous. I can be found on Twitter at Rashani. The show could be found on Twitter at single simulcast, no underscore. And you can leave a voicemail at 916-572-9016 or an email at singlesimulcast at gmail.com. Uh, Shante. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm great. What about you? You know, um, my Lady Falcons lost in the uh, second round of the playoffs today. Oh yeah, and you know I realized that um, it was it was a close game. We lost by I think like uh, six. It stretched out at the end. We were down by a couple points, and then um, we had to foul because we were behind, and they kept fouling their best shooter. <laughs> so she kept going to the free throw line and making them over and over again. So we ended up losing by uh, more, but um. I realized something about myself, and I think that for a lot of people, it's probably the same thing, which is that um, I am better with losing by a whole lot as opposed to losing by a couple points. 
You know, if if my group, if my team, if my squad gets blown out by like 40 points, I'm okay with that because I think I've come to grips with the beating somewhere in the first couple seconds where the lead just bloomed to like 15 and 20 points. And then you just realize, okay, the other team is better than us. There's really nothing we can do. Um, as opposed to losing by like three points or two points or Lord forbid losing by one point. Cause those are the games where I just sit there and I think, what if I had done this? What if we had tried this? What if we had gone in this direction and I agonize over it um, for a couple, anywhere for a couple hours to a couple days, really? Have you ever experienced that? No, I'm sitting here, you know, you're talking about it and everything. And it's like if we were in the same room together, I would be, I'm nodding because it's just like I totally know what you're talking about. Not necessarily, obviously, I'm not somebody's coach and everything, but I think it is easier to deal with a blowout than it is to deal with um with it being a close game because you're, you are kind of agonizing over what you could have done what if i had did this what if i had did that you know you think about all the different things and it feels like they're different than the blowout mm-hmm. you know it feels different than the blowout it may not be you know we're over, you know because we're overthinking things we're saying well what if you know and we could be saying, well, you know, that one point or that three point loss just meant that the other team was just better that night or that day or whatever. The same way we would say it with the 40 point blowout. But, you know, we're harder on ourselves with it being so close. So I, I, I get it. I know what you're talking about. And it, it really carries over too. like if you. um I know you play video games, Shantae, and I play video games, and and there's those uh, first-person shooters uh, where sometimes you're just getting blown out. Well, there's just games, period. I play a game called uh, Clash Royale on my iPad, and there's some games where as soon as the game starts, I'm behind. You know, it's just like, okay, they have these things that I can't defend against. There's absolutely nothing I'm going to be able to do. I'm going to fight the good fight. You always fight the good fight, but you know, like as soon as they break that out, that this is a, Oh Lord type moment <laughs> and you're not going to end well. You know, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where uncle Phil was at the pool hall. Um, and he was acting like he couldn't play pool. Uh, so then the hustler that he was playing against was suckered into making a huge bet. And then Uncle Phil turned to Jeffrey and said, bring in Lucille. <laughs> and that's when it was like, oh, Lord, uh, you about to get kicked. You, you, you about to get your butt kicked, you know, and <clears throat> I've had more moments like that than I'd like to recount um and i'm okay with them each and every blowout i have strangely enough reconciled myself to the fact that okay that was supposed to happen there's a reason why that happened but 
those one point losses, those two point losses, even up to like six points, you know, where it's close. I know I could have done something different, but with this game, I'm not feeling like that so much as I would have other times because my lead guard, uh, our leading scorer got injured on the last game of the season. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so got injured the last game of the season. So entering the playoffs, we were without her. Um, and we had already played a tournament this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we came in fourth place uh, out of eight teams. It was, it was a good tournament. Um, but going into the tournament, you could see the dynamics of the team changing, shifting. Because uh, she had always been there. Like I said, it was the last game of the season. So everybody had gotten used to her scoring 19 points in like 15 minutes. You know? And they knew, okay, she scored 15, 19, 17, 24 points. And we'd all play great defense. And we'd win. It's kind of hard to replace 19 to 24 points on a team that got really used to that 19 to 24 points. You know? So, not only that, she was our best, one of, well, she was our best ball handler, right? I, I'm not going front. Um, we have another young lady who is a tremendous ball player overall, but she is more of a three-point shooter, a, a shooter and an opportunity taker. Uh, our lead guard was a slasher, like, she cut right through the middle of the defense and draw fouls and get to the free throw line. She shot, she shot like 95% from the free throw line. She was just a really, she's a really good player. Um, and so in the last game of the season, she, uh, sprained her knee, her, or she has a sprained ACL. Oh no. And so that was on Thursday. On Friday, she didn't come to the first tournament game at all, which I didn't expect her to because she couldn't get back in the game. She had to go get an MRI. Um, on Saturday, she showed up to the game, but you know, I was, I told her it's only been two days since she got injured. Have a seat. Same thing for Sunday. And, um, we won on Friday. We, Lost on Saturday by three points. So that was one of those agony games. Mm -hmm. And then on Sunday, the host team of the tournament, they had lost in an upset. And so they were mad. And they're a talented team. They're like a group of kids that play uh, AAU basketball together when the school season isn't going. So they were mad that they lost the day before. And they came out and they waxed us by like 35 points. Again, I understood that. Um, but on Monday, for the first round of the playoffs, she just believed. Like, she believed she could will herself back into shape. And so she came in on Monday with her jersey and her shorts and everything all ready to play. And I gave her a basketball just to go out to the court and she was dragging her leg behind her like she was a war veteran. Oh. Oh. So she didn't she was to her credit, to her credit, smart young lady. 
she didn't warm up with the team before the game. She just sat down and she didn't get up. So in the game, I, uh, I was like, okay, let's try this out. And I put her in and they tipped the ball to her and she started dragging her leg up the court. And I immediately called a timeout and took her out. I was like, you know, you have your whole life, your whole, this is eighth grade. You know, you, you have everything ahead of you and I'm not going to ruin it for a, uh, eighth grade playoff win. So she came back out and we won the first game by one point And then we lost the next game today by uh, eight or six, something like that. I hate losing. Me too. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm a poor loser. I'm just going to say that it eats at me. And, and I think that it's because I truly agonize. I analyze everything. And there are certain folks out there who overanalyze the smallest things. And, and those are the folks that people are like, why can't you just let it go? And the people that are analyzing stuff just look at them like, I can't, you know, and, and when I agonize and I analyze, I'm not, I'm not agonizing and analyzing other people. I'm agonizing and analyzing myself. Sometimes, sometimes if I get into a a, a discussion or an argument with somebody, I might analyze other ways that it might've turned out. You know, I could have done this. I should have said this. I should have done that. Why didn't I do this? But by and large, it is a uh, self-analysis that is brutal. (laughs) I am my own worst critic. I got to learn how to let that go. It's hard, though, because I feel like the same way about certain things, you know, where uh, it's hard to pinpoint it right now. But I feel like there's times where uh, conversations play in my head over and over again. And it never feels like I said everything that I needed to say. And then by the end, it's over with and it feels like I can't say it. But I st- but it's still on my mind and I'm still thinking about it. And I'm still thinking about what could have happened if I had said that thing that I feel like I should have said. And it's just like, oh, great. Am I going to have to wait until something else happens again, you know, uh, before I can say what I need to say again? And it's just like, is it what or should I just go ahead and bring it up, even though it seems like the it seems like everything has been squashed? And it's just this whole kind of just, I don't know, cycle, roller coaster, all kinds of, you know, symbolism or whatever metaphors of what's going on. <laughs> of just kind of over analyzing overthinking just kind of just uh it's a and the worst part is like you said when you don't get that closure and um every time that you interact with that person or interact with that situation or you're back in that situation it like triggers it to where for a, a moment you're just like ah I should do this or I should have done this. And it's like, why can't you get past it? A lot of folks would think that, but then I'm like, I can't get past it until I'm ready to get past it. You know? And, and I didn't feel like there was anything to really close the door on that situation. 
so I can't walk away from it. I'm, I don't scratch scabs until they bleed, but I will poke at a, a pimple until it pops. Um, so yeah, that's me. Uh, with that said, we broke. Uh, so you can donate to the show on PayPal at paypal.me backslash single simulcast. Um, all money will be used to get Shante some Starburst and uh, stuff to improve the show and to get me some Twix ice cream bars. I ain't gonna front. Those things are awesome. Just splendid. I don't think I've drank as much eggnog as I should have this season. I think I'm letting myself down. But every time I drink eggnog, my stomach just explodes on me now. So maybe I, yeah, it it got bad for a little while there. Like I knew that I would be an ice cube lyric if I drank too much eggnog. Be coming out feeling about ten pounds lighter every single time, and I, I I love it so much that I, I I went through the pain. It's like being married. (laughs) She has on earphones. My wife can't hear me. Um, but yeah. So, eggnog and Twix ice cream bars for myself, uh, Starburst for Shantae, and I'm going to uh, go back. We have a single simulcast store, but I'm going to go back to making t-shirts on Teespring uh, because the single simulcast store is really freaking expensive. Like, 45 bucks expensive. Oh, and, wow. and we only would get $2 from that 45 bucks, which means $43 for a t-shirt is going to this group that, no, that's not how this should work. We want y'all to continue to rock with us. We want y'all to continue to support us. We want y'all to continue to tell others about us. We appreciate everything. Uh, we want y'all to leave reviews and voicemails and emails and the whole nine yards and we want y'all to want to uh wear our merchandise wear us out in the street but we don't want y'all to break yourselves to do so um honestly we'll take your money if you just want to send us money like i said there's a paypal but instead of paying 45 bucks for a t-shirt we'll make shirts that are 19 and then you could just send us the rest in cash (laughs) (laughs) um you know what I have yeah yeah I got it I got it so this dude um in California um he uh, pled guilty to one count of wire fraud and one count of money laundering uh, to the tune of nearly $5 million. This happened on, well, they just say recently. Uh, of that $5 million, let, let's talk about money management. Of that $5 million, he spent about $1 million of it on a video game called Game of War. Oh, wow. 
I see that. Like, I think they advertised that on my um, on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. That's one with uh, Kate or uh, Kate Upton. Yeah, that's her name, Kate Upton. Oh, okay. So that's one where they got that commercial. By the way, there's this other game, uh, kind of like uh, whatever this one's called. Um, kind of like Game of War, but it's another one. I think it's called like Lord of War or something like that. And they have a commercial that might pop up on your Kindle sometimes too, where this guy is sitting in the library playing a game, and then uh, two women start playing the game against him, and they just show all these characters running across the table and all that kind of stuff. That sounds familiar. The dude in that commercial goes to my church. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I found that out, I was like, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's awesome. You know, he's a a, a, a young fella. He's very uh, fetching. And, you know, he, he's worked for it. He's got an agent and everything. And I was just like, I could have done that. Yeah, let's let's put it like that. Now my time has passed. I, I am now um, the guy who does the minivan commercials and um, the athlete's foot and the joint pain and the uh, I'm too old for the diaper rash commercials. Um, but I am, I think too young for the AARP commercials. I think that I would be a leading candidate for the commercials about heartburn. (laughs) I think that's the commercial that I would be on. The, the one about if you suffer from heartburn, uh, try Benelicta. Uh, Benelicta is known to cure heartburn, um, but side effects are diarrhea, itchy dick, uh, dry <laughs> mouth, um, vomiting, uh, loss of bowels, leaky bowels, itchy anus, uh, inflamed glands, uh, shrunken testicles, clubbed feet, and bad breath. Made by Nick, not you. I feel like that would be the commercial that I would be on. I'd be that dude who's uh, at the at the basketball game or the football game because I don't do baseball uh, with my kids eating a ton of nachos, and then I'd be rubbing my my heart over and over again. And then they talk about the commercial or whatever it does. And then I'd still be rubbing my heart because I hadn't tried it yet. And then I would look up and thumbs up if somebody handed me one of the pills. Yep, definitely got to hit that thumbs up. Yeah. Once, you know, once it works, it's just like, bam. That's a big part. That's a big part, you know. Um, so I've been really thinking about what field to get into when I do commercials. Um, like I said, uh, heartburn is definitely a uh, option. Um, there's also the hair loss. I, I can definitely do commercials for hair loss. Um, you know, the ones where side effects are brain aneurysm, enlarged heart, clubbed feet, leaky anus, um, <clears throat> itchy sperm, um, lazy eye, bad breath, fungal growth under the toenails, uh, impotence, and diarrhea. But your hair will grow back. I feel like I'd be a candidate for that commercial too. I'm at that age, you know. 
And I think, yeah, I, huh? Anyway, I don't know what commercial I would be in. I'm, I'm probably like in the, I'm definitely in the uh, detergent commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, the mom walking around, picking up everybody's uh, clothes and putting them in the basket and carrying it to the laundry, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that I'm in. Maybe one of those Calgon take me away type commercials. Where you have that a long cool. day and then you go soak in a bubble bath. That would be cool. That's very 80s. Yeah. That would be cool, though. Yeah. And the bubble bath would cause leaky anus and um, <laughs> inflamed glands <laughs> and club foot and uh, rotary pain and diarrhea. <laughs> But yeah, like bubble bath or detergent or um, batteries. For yeah. some reason, battery commercials seem to have uh, moms on it a lot. But you, my dear, are past the age where you would be the one asking about um, if there's any uh, pads or uh, you'd be the one who will be giving advice on days where women have felt less than fresh. I used to hate that commercial. It just seems so <laughs> invasive and out of nowhere. Like we'll be right back to the price is right. Jill, have you ever <laughs> felt less than fresh? Like, okay. I feel like I shouldn't be watching this commercial right now. And yet I can't turn away you know what though that's because I think people make the things that women have to do to take care of themselves like they're either they treat them as either uh, gross or they treat them as like this mystical thing Mm -hmm. like oh her oh man she's got a wash down there mm-hmm. she has to use this special soap she's different than you kind of thing. <laughs> and so everything is like a just this I don't know this otherworldly scary thing it's like guys who don't want to go to uh, the grocery store to buy pads for their wife or their girlfriend or something as if it reflects on them. It's yeah. like, okay, you're a man. Maybe. I mean, if you're going to get these things, you must be with someone oh. who needs them. Congrats. That's fine. Yeah. There's lots of men who are with someone who needs them. It's okay. We know they're not for you. We're not even assuming they're for you. And if they are for you, Maybe you have some kind of project that you're trying to get done, but it's more likely it's for the person who needs them. Or, There's no or reason to be embarrassed. Anus. Or they have what? Or they have <laughs> leaky anus. Oh, see, I, now I'm trying to think of a reason because like, I just I'm thinking I'm just like, oh man, don't don't use a pad for that. That's not gonna work. No, it's tampon. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 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 get it depends, man. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not old enough for that one yet. And you know, I actually now that I think about it, I need a commercial to come out. Yep. Nigga Not You just came out with another product. George, have you ever felt 
less than fresh down there. <laughs> Nigga, not you presents ball wash. <laughs> uh, scrapes from under cheese. <laughs> oh. Dude, somebody, somebody needs that. There's a wife or a girlfriend out there mm-hmm. who who would be thankful for something like that. Thanks, nigga, not you. I'll take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be the 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 product will be called Ball Out. <laughs> oh man. I'm just saying, there's a ton of things that, as I get older, I start looking towards the future and things that I, I am going to start doing with my life. Uh, as I get closer to retirement, I'm just kidding. I still have like, I, I think I still have like 14 years before I can retire. I think, I think I'll be a cool 50 when I retire, which is still young. You know. Yeah, that's really. I mean, that's really good. If I mean to retire at fifty, that's yeah. a lot of time to yeah know, hang out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be uh, that guy who retires and then just becomes a full time coach, or becomes a full time house husband. Plays that's what videos. my dad does. My dad's a house husband now. At this point, like he's in his sixties, I think. It's hard to tell. I know what year he was born, but don't ask me how exactly how old he is. But he recently uh, retired this uh, this year, last year, this year. It doesn't matter. He retired, and they had um, he and his wife have moved to uh, Florida, and he is a house husband now. I, I think that I would drive Nisha nuts if I became a house husband. Because, you know, she's very exact in how she wants things done. Mm. And uh, I'm very exact in how I do things. So, like, I think I'd fold her shirts wrong. And then she'd have to unfold them and show me how to do it. And then, you know, there's nothing more annoying in the world than... um, when you realize that you know how to do something, but you the, you you just can't teach it to other people, sure. that that realization, like I can't for the life of me. I I can show them over and over again. I can teach them the steps. I can walk them through it slowly. But I have kids on my basketball teams that just cannot make layups. And it's like we practice it every practice and we work on it every practice and we go through the steps and everything. And they do fine in practice and then game time comes and it just all goes out the window. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't. What's so difficult about this? And I feel like that's how it would be if I was a house husband and Nisha would be trying to show me her way of doing things, which I already know her way of doing things. I just, I just, I, I just, I get bored. <laughs> okay, earphones are still on. Um, so, you know, sometimes I just want to try something different. Like, I fold in a way that'll allow me to fit all of your laundry into one drawer. 
I try and challenge myself to where I can fold your stuff small enough for all of your shirts and your underwear and your socks and your yoga pants can all fit in one drawer, leaving two drawers open for extracurricular activities. And she wants me to hang stuff up. I like t-shirts. See, that that would be difficult for me. Because what I like to do is uh, I don't like fold it, fold it. What I do is uh, roll it. You know, like you fold it as if you were getting ready to fold it. But then instead of folding everything over and whatever into, you know, a square, rectangle, whatever, it just all rolls and it gets more stuff into the drawer. Oh, yeah. Compared to what it would be if you just folded it like the regular way. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of here for the efficiency of getting everything in one drawer if it's possible. And that's how I pack bags. Like I will fold and then roll and uh, compartmentalize everything so then everything fits in like one half of a travel bag um, you know what <laughs> got completely off the topic uh, as for Game of War it's a mobile app that you can download for free but it's also ranked number two in the top grossing game of 2016 according to Think Gaming that's because the win at the popular game Users will spend large amounts to speed up the process of building cities and training virtual troops. Without shelling out money, some users might find themselves surpassed by playing char- or by paying characters. But Co appeared to go above and beyond, ultimately shelling out a cool million, and he potentially faces 20 years in prison. Here's the kill shot. That company... Uh, what's the name of the company? The video game company, I mean. Whoever made that game, they ain't giving it back. Oh, no. Why? For what? That money, that's their money. That money been done. It's been laundered. (laughs) Like, they're like, what money? What $1 million are you looking for? Because we ain't got it, we ain't got it, we ain't got it. I can't believe that guy spent all that money on the game. But I, 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 it's hard to believe, and yet it's easy to believe because I get it. Especially because, you know, the, the concept reminds me of uh, what is it, those farm games that mm-hmm. are on Facebook where you can just play, you know, if you want to, and you can wait until your stuff grows or this or that, you know, or any of those games. You can wait until whatever is supposed to happen happens, or you can pay a dollar. And it'll be ready right now, you know, or you can pay a dollar to get life back or any of that stuff, all that stuff, Candy Crush, whatever, all of it. You know, you don't have to pay for it, but it does make things easier to pay if you pay for it. I remember uh, when Farmville first came out, uh, Nisha would not Farmville. It wasn't Farmville. Farmville was the uh, gateway drug. And it wasn't Candy Crush. It was a game where you ran a, a, a bakery. And each thing that you cooked took a certain amount of time to cook. So, like, you would put it in the oven and it would take, like, six hours to cook. And then you had to take it out the oven in a certain amount of time after it got completed or else it would burn. 
Which was both brilliant and completely unfair to the actual gamer. Because Nisha would set her stuff in the oven at like 9 o'clock at night. And then set an alarm on her phone to wake up to take it out the oven so it wouldn't burn. And then she put something else in the oven and she just continued to flip it. So she'd be getting up middle of the night to take something out the oven. And I was just like, this is a video game. And I'm a gamer. (laughs) And I was looking at her like, you're doing too much. It's too much. But she's real, though. Because, I mean, because if you don't, uh, like, if you actually want to make the the effort worth it, you have to, you know, follow through. So you have to figure out a way (laughs) to make sure that you're following through and not, like, just relying on your own, I don't know, your own bodily clock to get up and because if you wake up and you're just like damn it i'm supposed to take those muffins out and you get <laughs> fucked up and your muffins will burn and i'm like what muffins what muffins oh my god are they blueberry oh you're talking about that that game again <laughs> i actually got kind of um obnoxious about it like oh you're talking about that game again because she be talking like it was real stuff like oh I gotta put this apple pie in the oven and it has the cook <laughs> and then I'm gonna take it out and I was like oh my god we're gonna have an apple oh, talk about this that game again I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna put a, 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 a baked chicken in the oven and I've been preparing it for like the last four hours I'm going to put it in the oven and I'm going to slow cook it for eight hours and I'm going to set the alarm so I can get up in the middle of the night and make sure to take it out the oven so it's just perfect and oh my god it's, I'm so hungry right now my mouth is watering. man talk about that game fat man wild go ahead and spin the beats let's sing a song guys
마치 버릇처럼 내가 나를 착취해 경추 쪽은 딱딱해지고 인식의 붙은 각질 모두 휘맑은 땀 대신 날 적시는 건진 땀이네 잠든 시간에도 문제들이 쌓여 눈 뜨자마자 결정해도 아직 익숙치 않은 타협 시간을 도마 위에 식재료 썰듯 안 하면 하루는 순서가 뒤섞인 음식처럼 망가져 지쳐도 경계하네 공허와 허무 불안감 속에서 산게 안에 15년 전빈 털털이의 여유 억울하해도 납득돼 35년간의 필름이 어쩌면 솔직히 맞은 삼건축된 우리의 이름이 길르니 어두워지지 않게 서로를 비판하고 세상을 보는 시선 삐딱하게 얼굴에 피어난 주름은 당연해 마치 아파치는 페이스 평가는 다 끝난 다음에 해긴 인생의 레이스 이 험한 현실에서 아직 붙잡아 두고 싶은 꿈 넘고 힘든 삶은 능선 내 속대론 포기하고 싶은 꿈 너와 천천히 오래걷고 싶어 until the end of time 그 지금 난 간절히 원해 한 조각의 peace of mind 내가 타고 다니는 건 달라지고 빨라졌지만 결국 가는 데가 타 진리의 겪어도 사람 사랑 때문에 애가 타 이럴 때 보면 나도 아직 애가 타 살기보단 생존하기 바쁜 정수리는 넓어지고 평소가 작아지는 마음 속에 피어나줬으면 해한 송이의 평화 평화 진흙탕 속의 연화 이 험한 현실에서 아직 붙잡아 두고 싶은 넘고 힘든 삶은 능선 내서 때론 포기하고 싶은 꿈 너와 천천히 오래 걷고 싶어 Until the end of time 지금 난 간절히 원해 한 조각의 Shutting off my monkey suit, well that'll take a minute Hold the door for me, brothers and sisters, it's time to jettison The world's passing by, I think it's about time that they let us in My medicine is like better gin, ice cold juice cinnamons By all means, I'm meddling, with a vibe to thrive like gentlemen If I said I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, cause life's short like seconds in I don't sleep, I'm on a bed of pins, I'm trying to live in excellence I feel my heart pumping, blood pressure rising Time is racing by me, think a lot about my dying I know it sounds morbid, but my Scorpio is rising in this final Destinations all around me multiplying I'm vying, finding the Mayans To ask about my compliance With living another life And buying up all the Zions They say that life is short But I got many more to give Shit, what would you want to do If you had 24 to live? 
Cause I lift it up, I broke hearts, I've been in love I've got money, I spent money, I've overfed and I've been hungry I've moonlit and I've been sunny, huh, what more can it get from me? Been to Paris, been to Rome, been mobbed up and I've been alone Been a basket case on a simple throne, masking tape on a sinful dome Patches holding my right to fly, strung up fast how the light is die If time runs this here fountain dry, there's a few things I still like to try Jump out of a plane and in two minutes feel relief Cause life is pretty sweet when you've just fallen 20,000 feet I like to see the northern lights, I like to shoot around the sun I'd like to see more of my wife, I'd like if we produce the sun This playing field is made to kill, but we survive, what a crazy deal If you want more time, better pray for real, cause we all ain't trained like Navy SEALs This life is short, but I got many more to give Shit, what would you wanna do if you had 24 to live? Another day, another plateau Enjoying every place that I go This may be just a tad tap over Let's get it like it's running past through Another night, another shadow Enjoying every place that I go yeah. You see, cause you never know It could be the last day of life what a life if I could hit that button twice I'd stuff it like I want another strike Trying to cut it like a butter knife I've seen things I want to see more Trying to cheat death on a detour I want to plant life or a dream store Like come on feed me see more What you doing if you ain't living life like To the top of the cup and the light right You better get a ticket to the fight night Cause it'll hit you when you're not up night night I ain't trying to leave quick Trying to do the right things fight these shit Better hold it down with a viking grip Cause the world moves quick with a lightning tip I need to feel the breeze and the ease of a beater Soaking in all the features of being overachievers I know I've said it before, but this life is truly costly, so I refuse to be as hostage, and that's a promise, so give me smiles and give me fam, give me sights from another land, give me guile and give me grand, running miles for the modern man, they say this life is short, but I got many more to give, so I'ma live it like I just had 24 to live, another day, another plateau, enjoying every place that I go, maybe just a tad tap over, let's get it like it's running past through, Another night, another shadow Enjoying every place that I go You see, cause you never know It could be your last day of life Single simulcast, 227, Fat Man Rashani, uh, Miss Shante, fabulous. Um, oh, I got my uh, single simulcast shirt. Yay, I was getting, I meant to ask about that, but yes, I'm so happy. Here's what happened. I guess there was like some sort of storm in our area or somewhere near our area that delayed all shipping. Um, so it was ordered back on what November 26th but I didn't get it in the mail until like Saturday oh wow yeah 
So I was about to call them and be like, yo, where's my stuff? But then they sent it. And Nietzsche thinks it's cute, which is good. Yay. Yeah, she was like, she wants one. So I got to work at that. They're cute shirts, people. Y'all should really check them out. Um, and yeah, I, I have nothing more to say because I've already exposed myself by saying that they're cute shirts. I think I'm a different type of dude. What do you mean? Um, so I watched The Walking Dead, right? Okay. Do you watch The Walking Dead? No, I'm terrified of zombies. I can't handle it. I do, but I do pay attention to it. Like people will talk about it on Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll watch little clips and things. Like I know about Megan hitting Gwen in the head and all that different kind of stuff and killing that person and who Michonne is and Rick and stuff. So I know about like little bits and pieces of things. But not enough to just sit and get emotionally invested in watching everything. No. Okay. So, Negan. Uh, before he was on uh, The Walking Dead, he was on The Good Wife. Right. I've heard people talk about that, too. Okay. And uh, before he was on The Good Wife, he was on Watchmen. Anyhow. Dude is fetching and I actually Hell, told yeah. somebody that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, look, I, I'd like to go on record and say that Jeffrey Dean Morgan can get it. But okay, carry on. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't go that far, but I was just like, he is a very attractive man, and I had to stop basketball practice <laughs> and like explain who he was and like why he's fetching and all that and it was just like doggone I'm really having a conversation about why this man is hot <laughs> I don't know it was it was it was a weird conversation I mean he's 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 a good looking dude I mean him Michael Ely let me see who else not Denzel anymore Denzel's old but, so he, he is, he's, he's very daddish at yeah. this point right now. He's yeah. very daddish. But there's like three or four guys who are just like, huh, I wish I looked like that. I think that that's what I mean. I think that's what I'm looking at when I'm like, they're good looking guys. Like, compared to me, I know that I don't rock a, a goatee and a mustache like that. I have patchy beard. Mine will never grow out to be like James Hart and it'll get halfway down and then get caught in itself and recede back into my chin and I'll just end up with bumps. <laughs> it gets bad. Um, but, you know, there, there's people and I'm sure that there's ladies who you are like, hey, she's a good looking woman. So sure. it's just weird to state that out loud that Negan is yeah, good looking guy. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you said? I, yeah, I think that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. I'm I, I'm almost positive that's his name. And I know it's, The Good Wife is on Hulu, so if you have Hulu, catch up. It was a really good show before they that last season finale that was awful or series finale. Uh, Nothing makes me matter than when everything's great until that series finale that just wrecks everything <clears throat> that's how that's how I feel about uh, it's not necessarily just the season finale but that's how I feel about season 5 of The Wire that 
it was really good you know like even with season two because i know some people don't really give a damn about season two but i feel like it was working and then they did that serial killer yeah that was bad line thing and it was just like what are you doing i really liked what they were trying to do with the journalism aspect of it because it seemed like that's what they were trying you know they were talking about different aspects of what was going on in baltimore and kind of using those sections as like the the center point of everything Mm -hmm. so the journalism angle was cool the serial killer aspect of the journalism angle was sucky that sucked yeah i i honestly to me i i i didn't mind um season two nearly as much as i minded season five like season five to me just it made me sad and and I felt like uh, David Simon uh, was writing that with a bit of a vendetta against journalists because he started off as a journalist mm-hmm. um, but yeah it just it made me sad uh, for a couple of reasons um but yeah and I guess if it made me sad that means that it worked but wasn't their strongest season overall that's all I'll say about it and then I'll sniffle cause Dookie poor Dookie yeah, yeah that was devastating that was so oh man that was devastating and I got it and I understood it because you know the kind of the cycle mm-hmm. of everything where like some people who were down in the beginning of the show you know kind of had a little bit of a come up or something you know kind of you know things got better for them but then at the same time there were people who were on the brink of something and things got worse for them and that was really sad it was sad to see kind of descend like that and they essentially quick. kind of become bubbles in a way exactly and and you saw him trying to fight it like asking Mike hey let's let's get out of here let's move away let's do this and Mike was like you need to just if you're gonna live with me you're gonna be a pretty much a babysitter and then he was like I don't know it was just sad that last scene with him was just heartbreaking and the last scene with Randy was heartbreaking I think I just I got too involved with the kids (laughs) I mean I like the way that uh, what was it Kimon can't remember what the uh, light skinned kid who wasn't really built for the streets Um, I like the way that he was able to come up yeah Naaman. With the hair. With yeah. the hair. Yeah, Naaman. Yeah, because uh, he was wee bay fun. Yeah. And his mom was... Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So it was good to see him make it out, but to see Randy in there where you knew he was uh, going to end up having to fight his way through that group home because of what that cop did to him hurt. Mm-hmm. Um... Just to see everything, it, it just—I got too involved with the kids. <laughs> That—that—that's—that's—that's—that's that's, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, 
A Florida man is being sought by authorities after the owners of a religious store said he broke in with a bucket on his head and made off with their pricey pigeons. May and Nelson Hernandez, owners of the El Vijo Lazaro Botanica in Miami, said the burglary happened right after closing on Friday evening when the man, with the bucket on his head and a trash, bound, a trash bag around his shoulders, jumped the fence and broke into their store. Surveillance video showed the thief making off with a cage filled with pigeons that they said are worth, quote, thousands of dollars. I don't know what's going on here in Miami, Miss Hernandez told the news. People don't have respect for anything. This burglary comes after one in May where two people robbed the store and it led to the Hernandez's beefing up security. They added that this incident was especially painful as it happened just before the holidays. I didn't know pigeons were worth thousands of dollars. I didn't either. And then, and then I have a that sporty thieves song, No Pigeons, going in my head. <laughs> which isn't helpful at this moment because this is really, you know, because this is messed up for somebody to have their stuff, you know, get, get stolen. You know, I've had stuff get stolen. It sucks. You know, but then I can't help but hear no pigeons, and it's just not okay right now. Oh my goodness, I used to love that song. The remix was even better, where he was like, "If you're offended, I, I, I meant it." That was a great song. That was a horrible song. <laughs> <laughs> like really, like in so many different ways. That was just an awful, awful song. Like, okay, we're offended because TLC came out with a song saying that this is what a scrub is. If you're hollering at me from the passenger seat, if you're doing this, this, and this, you're a scrub. Okay, allow me to retort. So, basically, if you're feeling some sort of way about that song, that means you're doing everything that they're saying you were doing in that song and you feel like a comeback so all these dudes is passenger seat max <clears throat> which I've spoken on before in this show and said uh, if you're a passenger seat max just get your life just don't don't talk to people don't, don't talk to anybody if you're in the passenger seat trying to get at a girl just get out the car just walk away <laughs> but I definitely want to... don't scream street harassers <laughs> hey 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 <laughs> hey 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 tap tap your friend tap your friend you got to talk heck aloud because you're in the passenger seat and they're all the way on the other side of the driver's seat right there across never mind it's a whole thing <laughs> i never got anybody in a passenger seat i wonder if this dude thinks he's a superhero though i wonder if he thinks right. he's a bucket head because the, the whole thing with the trash bag around the shoulder, that's what I was envisioning. It was just like, whoa, like, is, was that a cape? Like, I don't, I guess, I don't know. I wonder what he's doing with the pigeons. Like, is he, I want, well, like, is he selling the pigeons or was he uh, freeing the pigeons? Or, you know, is he like, like Mike Tyson was, you know, like attached to pigeons or whatever, like he's gonna train the pigeons or, or something. I don't know. I have all these thoughts and 40 feet. 
Was he eating the pigeons? Huh? That would be awful. Uh, people have eaten stuffed pigeon before and they call it squaw. Right, but it's, I guess it's the idea of stealing the pigeons. I guess. It, it seems like it would be other things that could possibly be stolen. That it seems like there would be other things that would be easier to steal if it's about eating them. Squaw. Squaw. No. Squaw. I don't know. But I know one thing. Them pigeons ain't worth no thousand dollars. I don't care what you say. I don't believe it. I'm gonna need to see some sort of uh proof before I'm gonna give you a thousand anything for some pigeons. Fancy pigeon papers. Exactly. Are these pigeons registered? Are they purebred pigeons? Uh where'd you find them at? Ain't no pigeons worth a thousand, period. Hold on one second. What'd you need for me, DJ? Um the why? What happened? I haven't been there since I re-downloaded it, so I'm sure she'll do the past movement. Okay. Is this a skid row? Yeah. Oh. I know it's in. Here. <sighs> okay. Authorities say that a main man, a main man, Jimmy, <laughs> I love Jimmy. He's my main man. Oh, man, I'm easily a, 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 amused. Authorities say a main man, <laughs> I can't now. Authorities <laughs> say a main man used a front end loader to repeatedly pick up and drop his son's mobile home during a family dispute. Whoa. Wow, that escalated quickly. Authorities say a main man used the front end loader to repeatedly pick up and drop his son's mobile home during a family dispute and only stopped when he learned his seven-year-old grandson was inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> like, is there, oh, what? I guess the baby's okay, but it's... Oh, my God. <sighs> he later reported that he was okay, but he was all shook up. The York County Sheriff's Department said 50-year-old John Boobar, Boobar was involved <laughs> in a dispute with his son, 27-year-old Michael Boobar on Sunday over rent payments and debris in the yard. The son and his family live in a mobile home on John Boobar's property in Parsonfield. Authorities say the elder Boobar <laughs> can't Boobar the main man. Um, authorities say the elder Boobar damaged the mobile home with a front-end loader and backhoe. Boobar was arrested on a charge of domestic violence, reckless conduct with a dangerous weapon. His grandson wasn't hurt. Boobar. Well, thank goodness. But if, if I had to see what a front, I, I had to Google what a front end loader is, what it exactly looks like. It's just like, I'm, I'm surprised that this, 
I'm surprised to be, I'm surprised that he was able to get the mobile home up and down. That's what I thought it was. Without like, like it sounds like he did it multiple times. You know, so I'm surprised he didn't just completely destroy it. You know, just up and down, just you know, up because you got to be. Yeah, I'm surprised that he just didn't just completely jack it up and the kid's not more hurt than, you know, that he's not more than just shook up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Um, I, I would say that, that um, the relationship between the boobars is probably uh, pretty fragile right now. And the grandson... He's seven. He probably wants to do it again. Probably. He probably thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably for him to be okay. And yeah, he, he probably, probably didn't think it was fun. fun. It probably felt like some kind of carnival ride or something. Hold on, I'll be right back, Shante. Okay. Let's see here. 
So, we already talked about uh, the guy who spent a million dollars on a video game, which, seriously, what? Um, This probably would lead to that same situation. Um, Once broke, you know, he pulled stuff like this. A woman was left with a $163 bill after her date invited her to a fancy restaurant, ordered lots of food and drink, and then fled without paying. Diane Gilmet had joined dating website Plenty of Fish when she received a very flattering message from a man police later identified as Paul Gonzalez. She, she agreed to meet up with Gonzalez and the pair arranged to go to a fancy restaurant. He ordered, quote, a lot of food and several glasses of wine as they sat chatting on their first date. It was all going well, or so Golmet thought, until Gonzalez went outside to make a phone call and never came back. Golmet said she sat at Morton's Steakhouse in L.A., waiting for her date to come back from his phone call for 15 minutes before the reality began to sink in. Now, I just want to say... Uh, when she realized that her date was not coming back, she tried to message him on the Plenty of Fish app, only to find out that he had blocked her. She was forced to pay $163 out of her own pocket. When she went to social media to share her story, along with pictures of her date, Gulmet said that several other women came forward to say he had done the same thing to them. Each time he had chosen a high-end restaurant and snuck out, leaving them with the bill. One woman, who did not want to be named, was left with the bill for more than $100 after he went to the bathroom and never came back. Despite the horrendous first date, Gomet says she has not been put off internet dating, although she may be a little choosy on who she goes on dates with in the future. Police say Gonzalez is also facing two pending cases of petty theft and is accused of failing to pay for a haircut at a salon back in February. So this guy's like super duper repeat offender. Exactly. He's not paying for anything anywhere. And I can say from not experience, but because there's one here in uh, my area that Morton Steakhouse is not close to cheap. Like, at all. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I have nothing. I just, when I, when it was found that he had done this many times before, that was the thing that, uh, Made me uh, laugh. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it sucks. It, it it really sucks because I'm looking at this guy's picture and everything, and he looks like a guy that I'm sure women would uh, maybe find attractive. Mm-hmm. So he's got that going for him. That you know that if he messages somebody, that a lot of women are, I would think would be like yes look at this 
attractive man trying to, to holler at me, you know, score. I'll go on a date with this guy and then, you know, he's out there treating them like free food. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't see the humor in it a lot. I, I just, the part that made me laugh was the part where he, as he was leaving the restaurant, had the foresight to block her on the website, knowing that she was going to come looking for him. I didn't, I, I would have never, this one of those situations where I didn't know I could, I, I, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know that you could set up dates with people and then dine and dash on them. Like, well, usually my date and I would dine and dash on the meal if it was, you know, let's be honest. I, I, I did it. I tried it once. Did I? Yes. I tried it once and it wasn't really my idea. My uh, brother and some of our friends and the girl that I was dating at the time and me all went out to eat together. And after it came time to pay the bill, they all got up and left. And I wasn't going to pay the bill by myself because I didn't eat their food. They ate their food. And so uh, I got up and left too. But because I had the keys to the car and I was walking out slowly because I had the money to pay for my food. They got caught. Mm. They were like, open the door, open the door. And I was like, why? We're already outside. And it turned out the owner was coming out with a butcher knife. Ooh. So, yeah. I think they ended up having to pay. Like, she didn't call the cops or anything. She was pretty understanding. I don't know why she was understanding. They tried to steal from her. See how I keep saying they? Not me. <laughs> Um, you know, I feel like we need a break before we talk about this next thing that happened today. The single simulcast. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's flying. Is also known as a buster. Always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass. So don't I don't want your number. No, I don't wanna give you. Side of his 
Try to flash me wrong. Has she gone wear sandals with nasty cons? That be wrong. I wonder how you get hot. And dirty Victoria drawers with the skid marks. Uh, your flat ass gets enough laughs. Take it to the salon, pluck your mustache. So next time you shotgun and that whole bitchin' hitting you a scrub, yeah. call that bitch yeah. a pigeon. Hey yo, I got two nuts, bitch. Choose a ball. You only walk pigeon toe cause your shoes is small. You don't shop, you just cruise the mall. No dough with lead press-ons. Frontin' with your girlfriend dress on. You birds wanna take over? 
get some cash in a Jenny Jones makeover. Broke bitches, I hate pigeons. Dirty brave pigeons, Medicaid pigeons, Section 8 pigeons got me fed. Birds, I tell these birds, shut up. And how my left ear be double a whole get up. Go ahead with your lame ass. Blow a knife, throw a rip dollar at her. Tell her, put that on your train guys. Got more than one baby father. Oh, yes, girl, we talking to you. If you strip all week to go clubbing. Oh, yes, girl, we talking to you. Buy a dress to front and take it back to the store. Oh, yes, girl, we talking to you. Want to smoke with me with no money? Oh, no, I don't want no That was, that was simply sensational. sensational. Single, Single simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs>
Check it out. I'm so. And I know that's I'm hit it and I hit it if she's with it. I get the five to the six, seven digits. Call her up for myself. And all the shit that I say. The funny thing is, the begin when I hit the scissors. You fucking called that shit. As soon as the fucking song played, it was like, I got it. Single simulcast episode two twenty seven. So, um, Donald Trump and Kanye West met today. Uh. <laughs> Did they meet for the? Is this like were they meeting for the first time, or was like, or was it more like? It seems like they're two people that probably have met before, but whatever, I guess. I think they probably have met before, but it <sighs> Kanye West dramatically met President-elect Donald Trump on Tuesday to talk about bullying and violence in Chicago, and then hinted he will run for the White House too. West was cleared by the Secret Service to meet Trump despite concerns he had been under a psychiatric hold in the California hospital until last week. And then handed the next leader of the free world a book of photos of nudes and people in hoodies and tattoos. After the meeting, Wes used Twitter to disclose that he had wanted to discuss multicultural issues, which he said was bullying, supporting teachers, modernizing curriculums, and violence in Chicago. Quote, I feel it is important to have a direct line of communication with our future president if we truly want change, he said. Finally, he tweeted, hashtag 2024. The 15-minute meeting, however, did not include a request or an offer to perform at the presidential inauguration next month. Instead, Trump said they talked about life, and he happily posed, giving his signature thumbs up with Kanye and his daughter Ivanka in his personal office. Then Trump descended to the lobby of the Trump Tower to say goodbye to West an honor he has extended to just one other visitor and to none of the people he interviewed about top-level posts in his administration. We're just friends, just friends. He's a good man, going well, long time. We've been friends for a long time, Trump said. Life, we discuss life. Kanye, who until last week was in a hospital in Los Angeles recovering from a reported nervous breakdown, did not respond to questions about whether he will run in 2020 and said, quote, I just want you to take my picture right now, end quote. So I'm caught up on the fact that Trump descended to the lobby of Trump Tower to say goodbye to Kanye West, which is an honor he extended to just one other visitor and to none of the people he interviewed about top-level posts in his administration. So Chris Christie never got a goodbye, and Mitt Romney never got a goodbye, and... All these other horrible people that he actually appointed never got a goodbye. But he said goodbye to Kanye so then people could see him. Again, this is my opinion. All hate mail could be sent to single simulcast at gmail.com. Um, so people could see him talking with a black person that wasn't Ben Carson. Mm. That's what I think. Valid. Valid. I was thinking that. Uh, you know, since Kanye hasn't said anything against Donald Trump, you know, it seems like all these other people 
have probably said something out the way about Donald Trump. So why would he bestow a goodbye to them where I feel like he hasn't, you know, where he would, uh, Kanye's not in that boat. At least that's what it seems like, but I don't know. It, like maybe he somewhere in his head, you know, fucks with Kanye. So he tells Kanye goodbye because he fucks with him. Where the other people, ah, he don't fuck with those. He don't fuck with them, Romney or Chris Christie. And it totally makes sense that he don't fuck with them because they did, weren't fucking with him during the, the, the campaign. Very true. So, but Chris Christie was, he was like his number one sycophant the whole time. So. Right. But see, that's the thing. But see, that's the thing though. See, you know, just because they're the sycophant don't mean you fuck with them. Like True. you let them hang on. They can hang around you, but you don't really like them. True. Very true. As Kanye left the lobby, Trump said, quote, man, you take care of yourself. I'll see you soon. It was a reference to the rapper's hospitalization due to a nervous breakdown. The Secret Service had assessed that Kanye West was not a threat to the president-elect's personal safety. The title of the book which Kanye brought is unclear. A source told TMZ that it would not be going on the Trump office coffee table, perhaps in reference to its content. Trump had also brought his daughter Ivanka down to see off West and she was on the side as they embraced. Reports on the outcome of the meeting differed. E! News suggested West wanted to discuss becoming an ambassador of sorts, while Trump was interested in him taking an entrepreneurial leadership role. TMZ, however, said there was no discussion of possible roles, and instead that West wants to meet Trump again to promote peace on the streets of Chicago where the murder rate is soared. West tweets confirmed that was the original intention of meeting, although not whether it had been the outcome. Yeah, see, there were some people who are actually in Chicago who were basically like, get the fuck out of here, Kanye. When's the last time you even been home? Like, it felt, they, it, I think they felt that it was uh, an empty uh, gesture, especially, especially with uh, him talking about how oh there's no racism you know like there was a time where, like I forget what, what year it was or whatever but it, you know recently he said oh there's no racism but then when people weren't fucking with his fashion line the way he wanted them to then he was saying that there was racism and stuff so it's just this very kind of I don't know I don't know how to describe it just not consistent or it's only a problem when it affects him type thing you know it's not a problem for everybody else who's talking about racism and he's saying like oh well you know you need to chill or whatever but he feels like he's dealing with racism and it's just like all hands on deck care about me I could see that oh man sniffles cold season is horrible the only way to beat it is with eggnog Speaking of New York and Donald Trump, this has absolutely nothing to do with him. Um, a man 
who tried to claim a parking lot spot outside of the Hell's Angel East Village headquarters sparked a brawl that ended with him being shot in the stomach on early Sunday. David Martinez, 25, moved the orange traffic cone placed outside the notorious biker group's 3rd Street Clubhouse near 1st Avenue at about 1.20 a.m. According to police, someone came out to challenge him and the argument turned into an all-out brawl, police sources said. Someone then shot Martinez in the stomach. I'm pausing for effect here. Breathe away from the mic. His buddies loaded him into their Mercedes Benz and drove him to Bellevue Hospital where he's expected to survive, cop sources said. Oh, man. I'm laughing because... All I've been hearing about in New York is the uh, gentrification of uh, the East Village and of Manhattan and of Harlem and of everything else. And I'm laughing at the fact that this dude came up to the Hell's Angels clubhouse and moved a cone out of the way that was in a reserved parking spot. So then his friends could park their Mercedes Benz. <laughs> and then he immediately got his butt kicked. But, oh my gosh. It's just like, congratulations. You played yourself. Exactly. Like, what are you, like the thought, like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm wondering, like, did you not know? Like, did, like just, did you not know that? That was the Hell's Angels bar. Or, what makes you think you can move a traffic cone? Because it's like, well, who put the traffic cone there? You know, for you to just move it. Like, it doesn't matter. And, I don't know. I'm assuming that when the person comes out and challenges you, that it looks like a biker. And you look like somebody who's 25 and drives a Mercedes Benz. And I bet the guy, the biker, can take you. So maybe you go park someplace else. But maybe not. But maybe not. Maybe it was at the same time, though, they're 25. And I'm 35, and what I'm thinking of is, like, the Hells Angels that had been on, like, you know, Phil Donahue in the 80s and stuff. So I'm totally, you know, or thinking of documentaries where, like, the Hells Angels or whatever, it was, what is it, Altamont or whatever. Uh, so I don't know which concert, which rock concert it was in the 70s or the 60s or something. But they fucked shit up there and everything. So that's my history of it. You know, that's what I'm thinking of. It is just like Hell's Angels. Okay, it's time to leave. We need exactly. to go. But obviously, this 25 year old kid was just like, probably like, well, who the fuck do you think you are telling me where I can't park? You know, and got a bullet for it. I I don't think that I mean me at 25 I know what my body type was and it wasn't biker gang sized so if a biker gang sized guy came up to me and said move my car I think I'm going to move I mean it seems like a smart play 
even if the because let's say even if let's say like this kid is you know five ten or whatever and let's say the biker guy is the same size you know or bigger it's still a biker you know like i'm assuming that this guy possibly is in his colors or there's other people i mean even if they're talking shit to each other one-on-one once more people come out i'm sure even if this guy didn't look like a biker some other ones are gonna come out and look like bikers so it shouldn't escalate into a brawl it should be like we fucked up sorry we're leaking pretty much but obviously that's not what happened and and where are the cooler heads that prevailed because they were there to drive them to the hospital (laughs) like somebody should have stepped in and been like bro bro come on dude bro bro homie dude come on let's go let's go don't don't. maybe it just went too fast you know like sometimes that kind of stuff happens where you know you're out with somebody and there's conflict and you think it's not going to be you know you think it's not going to escalate into something like really really crazy and then next thing you know it's you're like the mr crabs meme where you're just looking like you don't know what happened it's just craziness so maybe it just moved too fast for those guys and they couldn't you know get him away and and he got shot I can't I would be so upset at my child for something like like I would be happy that he's okay but that it's the thought because now I'm imagining the parents it's just like do they know what hell's angels are you know to be like why did you not just leave Well, Mom, see, uh, it was my spot. There was nobody there. There was just a cone. And it's like, I'm just going to say, I I still imagine this hipsters. I imagine all things, all bad things in the world are because of hipsters and racists. And carnies. (laughs) And cats. uh, That seems valid, though. It It does seem like somebody who's just... Somebody who's just so arrogant that they think that this person, you know, because it's not like he got, it's not like he tried to, it doesn't sound like he moved the cone, parked the car, and then the Hell's Angels came out and shot him in the stomach over the parking space. It sounds like there was at least somewhat of a discussion, and then it turned into what it turned into. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it does seem like it's somebody. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking of somebody who's 25, who's young, who possibly uh, is can afford a BMW, and they're out there in the city, you know, living it up, and got caught up. And I bet they won't do that again. Hopefully. Or maybe they will and they'll uh, Angels or something. I was gonna say they're gonna do it again. They're gonna. It'll just be against like MS thirteen or something like that next time. Oh god. <clears throat> <clears throat> Rapper Big Psych, a longtime friend of Tupac Shakur's, has died. 
Syke was 48 years old and he was found dead inside of his Hawthorne, California home on Monday night with no foul play suspected. The artist, born Tyrus Himes, is believed to have died of natural causes, but an official autopsy has yet to be performed. Syke reportedly had a history of obesity and heart issues, according to the gossip site. The Inglewood, California's rapper, the Inglewood, California rapper's rhymes were featured on two some of Tupac's most popular songs, like "All Eyes on Me," "Picture Me Rolling," and "Checkout Time." After meeting in 1992, Syke became a member of Tupac's Thug Life group which released one album before calling it quits after Tupac died in September 1996. Psych also released four albums on his own, including Be Yourself, Big Psych Daddy, Street Commando, and his 2002 self-styled album, Big Psych. I brought that story up because I liked Big Psych. I'd never heard any of his solo albums. I didn't even know he had any, but he was all over All Eyes on Me. And since All Eyes on Me was the number one album of uh, the second half of my um, age 15 and 16 years, um, I heard a lot of Big Psych. And actually, his lyrics from like all three of those songs are all mixing in my head right now. Like I said before, none of us are young er than we are. Uh, and it's imperative that uh, we start getting checkups. And I'm saying that knowing I haven't gotten a checkup, checkup in like maybe a year. Last time I went to get a checkup, they did a prostate check, and I've been scared to go back because I'm like, what if they need a follow-up? But, <laughs> prostate check, and then I said, but, <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's imperative um, that we find out what's going on with this because folks are dying too young. My uncle uh, was 56. We just buried him on Saturday. Dying too young. And uh, the first hospital that we went to, first hospital he went to, rather, uh, completely misdiagnosed him and sent him home. And then the second hospital diagnosed him correctly, but by then it was too late. And, uh,. I don't know if being diagnosed correctly would have changed anything. Um, but it would have. It's like the blowout thing, you know. If you're diagnosed correctly, at least you have time to uh, come to grips with it. If it's something fatal, um, to deal with it, to face it head on. Or to, you know, go rob banks and bungee jump and streak down Main Street. Whatever floats your boat, you're going to die anyway. Um, Rather than to not address it and just one day just drop out 
without leaving anything to your family. I don't know if Psych left anything to his family. I don't. I don't know if he had a family. I, this is just something that when I saw it, I was just like, "Yeah, we gotta take better care of ourselves. Um, gotta monitor our health better and make sure that we're on the up and up. If nothing else." trying to live at least four years to see what this world looks like after Trump is done with it. Mm-hmm. If nothing else. But rest in peace, like Nope. Roll the call. All eyes on me. See, it's, it's going through my head. It's all just rumbling right there. You heard All Eyes on Me, right? Like that CD? Yes, but not enough to... Uh remember remember like any lyrics or anything like that all I have is the chorus and that's it ah okie dokie yeah all of it like the whole song of all eyes on me is going through my head right now but yeah it's a bummer absolute bummer next story a belching topless Florida blonde crashed her car and then tried to wiggle out of her woe by telling a cop he was, quote, the sexiest thing. Cops say Janet Schmood, <laughs> Janet Schmood was behind the wheel of a four-door vehicle on the Dixie Highway in Stewart, Florida. Schmood was topless, so Schmood was nude. <laughs> Schmood was topless with her jeans unbuttoned and slid down her thighs, was mumbling and reeked of booze, investigators told the Palm Beach Post. The woman was taken to a nearby hospital and one officer followed. He told her at the hospital she was being investigated for drunk driving, read the woman her rights, and asked her if she understood, and she did. Then she reportedly exploded, screaming at nurses and causing a big scene. Then she crashed and fell asleep. The police report said that she woke up several times and belched loudly, which emitted the very strong odor of alcohol. You, quote, quote, you are the sexiest thing I've seen. I'm going to, parentheses, engage in intercourse with you. End quote. She reportedly told the cop after she woke up. She started moaning, biting her lower lip and thrusting her hands at his genitals, according to the report. This act took place at least three times, the affidavit states. Schmood is charged with driving under the influence. She reportedly told the police she had drank a lot of a gluten-free vodka. Cops say she was twice the legal limit. I had questions before, but now I didn't know that there was a such thing as gluten-free vodka. I didn't either. I wonder if I wonder if it really is gluten-free or if somebody said it's gluten-free just to like, you know, quell whatever. What you know, make it seem like it's special because, yeah, yeah. I... there is a gluten free vodka. Belvedere has a gluten free vodka, huh? Go I figure. Wonder, I wonder what the difference is, though. Exactly, like, why? Why? What does it get you less lit? Like. I'm curious. I'm really 
gluten-free vodka. It's like, yeah, I man. wonder if it really, like, if sometimes it seems like there's people who say this or that is gluten-free, but it's because it's not made with gluten anyway. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's one of those things where, like, we're going to call it fat-free, but there wasn't no fat in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Or that kind of thing. So I wonder what, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect that type of thing to have gluten in it. But then I don't know a whole bunch of stuff about gluten. Whenever I think of gluten, I think of like bread and stuff like that. So I guess I'm trying to think why would that have anything to do with vodka? Unless maybe there's a certain way you make the vodka that uses gluten and these people who are making this vodka doesn't. Well, according to this, uh, Technically, during the distillation process of the vodka, the gluten proteins from wheat-based vodkas is supposed to be removed. However, mm. many people have claimed that these vodkas, again, made from wheat, still can contain gluten, thus making them feel sick or nauseous. So to be safe, stay away from all wheat-based vodkas if you have, a, if you have celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity. However, you can still opt for a non-wheat, potato, corn, or grape-based vodka, which are typically clear for gluten-free consumption. Okay. Yeah, and there's a lot of them, too. Vodka's in them gluten streets. Uh, there's gluten, or gluten-free tequila. Jose Cuervo and Patron. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Now when I get drunk, I'll know that I'm doing it safely. Even though I still don't know what the gluten is. Nobody knows what gluten is. Stupid gluten. (laughs) Well, it's one of those things that you don't even have to worry about it unless you have celiac disease. That's what I think. That's one of the things that it seems like. You get all these people who are worried about gluten, but eating it or not eating it, isn't really doing anything because you don't have celiac disease. True. A boy, you know, which goes back to the the health thing, you know, saying, "Oh, it's gluten free," so you get people to use it. I'm I'm, I'm gluten free. Wait, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I am chock full of gluten. I forgot. I literally. Just got done eating a biscuit from Popeyes. Watch your health, people. (laughs) (laughs) A boy in Australia was allegedly sent home from school for looking like a boy. (sighs) Yeah, that's the whole story. (laughs) The news reports that Jake, a student at Corpus Christi College in Australia was sent home after his teachers argued that his new short haircut could offend people. Jake's mother told uh, 6PR, quote, this morning he went to school on his last day to get his exam results. He's year 10, and he got told. He texted me and said, Mom, I've been told I have to go home. I'm not allowed to be at school. My hair's too short. We had a wedding... We had a wedding... And so he got his haircut. So he has his haircut short on the side, and it's just a little long on the top. 
it's not even two centimeters long on top so it's not like a long fringe down to his nose or anything like that he just got a boy's haircut when Sandra arrived at school teachers allegedly told her the haircut violated school rules for being too short and therefore was potentially offensive even though Jake's mother provided a barber's note that the haircut was a quote number two which falls under the school's guidelines the school said Jake had to wear a hat for the rest of class since his hair was still too short he hasn't got a shaved head stripes or swirls to say he looks gangsterish it's a boy's haircut Sandra said Upon observing a photo of Jake in his new haircut, they said it's not even a short back and sides essentially because it's a short back and long enough on top and it's clear as day that he's a boy. After social media backlash, Jake was eventually allowed to attend his school's end of term river cruise, which Sandra had reportedly already paid for twice. I think they just don't like the kid. If she had to pay for the uh, cruise twice, too, they they were just trying to get him to quit. Yeah, I, I can't even, like, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at his haircut, and it just looks, it looks like a short haircut for a boy. I'm sure, like, there's countless boys who have this haircut all over the place. Just, it looks like a regular haircut. I don't understand what they were. Because it's like, because it's also one of those things where, like, okay, if his hair is too short, does it look like a haircut of someone who might be dangerous or something? You know, like if there's some cultural thing, you know, in Australia that may not be here, you know, are they trying to go against that? And it's just like, this, this just looks like a haircut. Mm-hmm. I just don't. It just looks like a haircut. Because then if it was a cultural thing, I would think that they would uh, say something. They would say that, oh, this haircut looks like this or that or what. It just And plus the mom is saying that it's in the guidelines and it just, it's got a regular haircut. So maybe it's like what you said. Maybe they don't really like the kid or her or something. I know that there was a kid out on the cruise. I know that there was a kid out here who... Uh, wasn't initially wasn't going to be allowed to walk the stage with his graduating class because he had a flat top. Usually, this is something that they do to black folks because hair will be in dreads or a flat top or an afro or something else that they suddenly have an issue with. But yeah, had never heard of this one before. It's kind of absurd. If they ask yeah. me what they should do, I would say they need to just cut that out. <laughs> Fat Man Wild Spin the Beats. This single song, guys. Roll up in the club. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. You know what? I bet you got it twisted, you don't know who to trust So many player hating niggas trying to sound like us Say they ready for the fuck, but I don't think they know it Straight to the depths of hell is where those cowards going Well, all you still down, nigga, holler when you see me And let these devils be sorry for the day they finally freed me I got a caravan of niggas every time we ride Hitting motherfuckers up when we pass by Until I die, live the life of a boss player Cause even when I'm hot, fuck with me and get 
Most later, the future's in my eye. Cause all I want is cash and things. A five double low, bands want flashy brains. Uh, bitches pursue me like a dream. Been known to disappear before your eyes. It's like a dope thing. It seems my main thing was to be major. Pay the game sharper than the motherfucking razor blade. Save money, bring bitches. Bitches bring lies. One nigga's getting jealous and motherfuckers die. Depend on me like the first and fifth thing. They might hold me for a second, but these folks won't get me. We got four niggas and low riders and ski masks screaming thug like every time they pass. All eyes on me. Live the life of a thug nigga until the day I die. Live the life of a boss player. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. Live the life of a thug nigga until the day I die. Live the life of a boss player 'cause even getting high.
They think I'm going back to jail. Ain't really on that dope. Living like it's a thug, nigga, till the day I die. I know y'all watching. I know y'all got me in the scope. I know y'all know this is thug life. Next time you fucking a deaf bitch, you might as well fucking her here too. It ain't like she gonna use for anything else. Don't forget to listen to single simulcast for her, cause she can't.
single simulcast episode 227 Shantae, Fat Man, Me, and the Sniffles. 916-572-9016. Leave a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We appreciate both. If you leave a review, just uh, hit us up on Twitter and just let us know. You know, you left the review. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not even, no, 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 no. Yeah, let's do this one. <laughs> yeah, we finally found a story at single simulcast that even I can't read. So, a wannabe playboy uh, was given a, an unlimited overdraft by his bank in error and blew more than one million pounds of it on sports cars, speedboats, strippers, and parties. A technical glitch meant Luke Moore then 22 had access to a bottomless well of cash and began living the ultimate bachelor lifestyle the young australian who was 5,300 pounds in debt at the time treated himself to luxury holidays a 54,000 pound aston martin a 21,000 pound maserati and a 32,000 pound boat but the authorities caught up with him and more now 29, was jailed on fraud charges. However, he won an appeal against his conviction last week after arguing his actions were not deceptive, according to the Daily Telegraph in Australia. He is now, perhaps ironically, studying criminal law, drives a 500-pound car, and lives off his two-minute noodles at his mom's house. But Moore says he's happier now than when he was living the high life. He said, quote, I pull more chicks now with $20 in my pocket than I did when I was splashing the bank's cash. With age comes wisdom and confidence, and I've learned money doesn't buy everything, but it was great while it lasted. Moore was jailed last year after the 2010 banking era came to light. He was handed a 40-year stretch for obtaining a financial acceptance advantage by deception and three years for dealing proceeds of crime but the new south wales court of criminal appeal ruled he hadn't deceived anyone and overturned his conviction (sighs) he also bought signed michael jackson records and a michael jordan basketball shirt at the time of his arrest he owed 1.24 million dollars Moore says he misses the cocaine, strippers, and fast cars, but realizes that family and friends are now his biggest tre- his biggest treasures. Wow. Uh, now that he's broke. Let's let's all draw close family. <laughs> That's wild. Another uh, story that I read regarding that situation said that he had actually taken the money and put it in a different bank accounts around the world. So Yeah, I think I read that too, which is smart. I mean, like, you know, it's terrible. I mean, you're going to go to jail and everything <laughs> if they catch you. But that is smart mm-hmm. for him to, to get the money and to do something else with it. It's so odd, though, 
you know, because it's like, you know, when you overdraft on stuff, it's like you so you mostly know that you overdraft. It's like, oh man, I went out to eat and didn't have it, and so I overdrafted this. And so it's kind of like, how do you find out that you kind of have unlimited overdraft? It's like, how far do you go? Like, how, do, how does it even occur to you to just write a check and see what happens, you know, to where you're writing something, you know, for 52,000 pounds or something? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was uh, doing something online and I accidentally put the zeros in the wrong spot. So instead of it being $52, it was 5200 These things happen, right? Let's just walk away. What do you mean I'm going to jail? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The only way that you can avoid the constant ridicule of having a weird first or last name is to be super rich or super hot, and even then, the name bullying will always exist behind your back. We think it's safe to say that these poor bastards have names so unfortunate they never stood a chance in the game of life. These are the 100 most unfortunate names in human history. Chardonnay Hooker. <laughs> Harry Balls. B A A L S. Jolly Mangina. <laughs> Jesus Condom. Poon Ho. Steve Sharts. This dude's name is Rowdy Negro. And he's white. <laughs> Hitler Mussolini. Dick Assman. Robert Fagat. Brownie Scheidels. Oh my. Wow. Dr. Shit Fun Chew. Charlie. Charlie Willard Horse. Last name Dick. Born to Dacia Tanasket and Brian Dick of Spokane, Washington. Charlie Willard Horse Dick. Misty <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Dr. James Grossweiner. Dick Weiner. Anas Ramar. Anus Rammer. Jack Canoff. Rich Will Wankett. Oh my. Yolanda Squat Pump.
Richard Tips, a.k.a. Dick Tips. <laughs> BJ Hardick. Kamalo. Kamalo Dick. Tiny Cox. Penis Breath. Tara Cherry, MD. She's an obstetrician. Dick Trickle. (laughs) Fagley Dork. Lucius Pussy. Or Luscious Pussy. You know, depends. Harold A. Ballich, the second. Fat Ho. Second. Okay, Suk Wang. Okay, Suk Wang. Evelyn Sackrider. Johnny Dickshot. Long Wang. She wanna bang him. I'm I'm just laughing because I know that if I had kids and my last name was something awesome, I would make sure to make their first name and their last name work together. But oh. when parents name their kid Filet and their last name is Mignon, Brandy Moorhead, and her ad reads, everyone loves Moorhead. Rusty Cunts. Anurag Dick Shit. P. Ennis. Oh my goodness. This woman's name is Bita Nagar. Yeah, that's not good. Harry Beaver. Mrs. Rape. Kindergarten teacher. Yeah, some of these are really unfortunate. Yeah. Like Mrs. Moisten Cumming. <laughs> Ivana Mandic. <sighs> I think that's enough for now. <sighs> oh, yeah. And here's the last thing. And baby, you'll want to hear this one. Gizmodo reported on Friday that uh, Samsung is prepared to take the next step in the Galaxy Note 7. In which, if you have not returned it ASAP, you're about to be screwed because they are issuing a software update to U.S. Note 7s that will prevent the phone from charging or working as mobile devices at all. The move comes a little after a month, uh, a little more than a month after sat after Samsung capped charging on U.S. Note 7 to 60 percent, and two months after Samsung fully recalled the phone because of explosions. In the month since, Samsung has offered customers financial incentives to exchange their phones. They've issued updates in various countries that have made the phone less useful. But even with the Fed's banning the phone on U.S. flights. 
there are still people who would decide to keep their exploding phones. The good news for the rest of us is that with this update, they won't have a choice. The phone will essentially be useless. And Verizon has refused to pass along the update because they don't want to uh, leave people in the holiday season without a phone that works. So there's that. I'm glad that they're doing this update. I fully support this update. And I hope whoever stole my phone gets hit with this update and just suffers. Suffer, motherfucker. So, Shantae, before we close out, what did you think about the Spider-Man trailer? I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm excited. I like the kid. You know, I can't, I don't know his I don't know his name. It's but I something. like the I like the vibe of the kid in Civil War. So to see him in this and to see him with his friends and to see uh Zendaya and and to have uh Tony Stark in it, you know, being his, you know, to have Robert Downey Jr., you know, being his snarky sarcastic self you know in the movie I think it's going to be good what about you I saw the international trailer and the regular trailer and while the international trailer was like jam packed with villains and uh, looked just excellent excellent I kind of liked the domestic trailer um, showing him actually going, he, he's a high schooler, you know, and, and having to deal with all of the things that high schoolers go through because his name is Tom Holland. I just remembered. And, um, he actually looks like a high schooler would look like he's the first Spider-Man I could think of that actually looked like a high schooler. Like the other Spider-Man, they look like college students, period. He looks like a scrawny kid who just happened to get these powers. And I am so excited. So excited. It looks like it's going to be like he was making his sarcastic comments when he came into the, uh, into where the thieves were robbing the building. He was like, Oh, look, it's the Avengers. Wait, no, you're not because that's the Hulk. (laughs) They were all wearing Avengers masks. And, um, the way that Tony Stark, was in the car with him and uh, reached over and Peter thought he was hugging him and he was like I'm not really hugging you I'm just opening the door so you can get out <laughs> Yeah, it just looks like it's going to be great I'm, I'm really looking forward to having my youth basketball teams all get together and go watch that movie I'm really I mean I'm really really excited about that movie it's it's other than guardians of the galaxy part two i think that that is the uh oh and black panther i think that those three are the three marvel uh comic book movies that i am most excited about right now yeah i i think this one is gonna be really good what you said about about Tom Holland about them, you know, having him be like a real high school student, you know, looking like an actual high, high school student, I think it does work. I think that's one of the. Ugh, I didn't like Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire just never. 
he didn't work for me mm-hmm. as a uh, as Spider Man. And then uh, I like um, Andrew Garfield. I think the whole snarky, sarcastic vibe of Spider Man he pulled that off. So I was kind of sad to see him go, you know, for Tom Holland and everything, because I would have liked to see him kind of, uh, I would have liked to see Andrew Garfield, you know, playing off of Tony Stark and everything because he could help hold his own as far as being sarcastic and everything. But I like Tom Holland down too. I think they did a good job as far as casting this kit. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to work really well. Yeah. Uh, perfectly casted, and and I don't know. It's really um, between this and, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I'm just really excited about the direction that Marvel is going in, especially in uh, direct uh, opposition or when placed side by side with DC movies, which are just so serious. I mean. Yeah. Super duper serious. So, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Like, I've watched the trailer about seven or eight times now, and I'll probably watch it again after we get done. <laughs> Shanta, you got any shout outs or anything like that? Oh, shout out to my brother. Hopefully, he doesn't. Uh bother me about when the show's gonna get up he likes to listen to the show while he's at work because he works overnight so I think by the time sometimes if it gets put up early enough he can listen to it you know helps him get through the rest of his his shift Hmm. shout out to my brother Uh, shout out to everybody who listens and and shares and retweets and live tweets and just you know shout out to everybody alright and again, this is single simulcast. Um, email is single simulcast at gmail.com. Voicemail is 916 572 Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, wherever. We're in them streets. Fat Man Wild, go ahead and spin the beats. Y'all be good. Holler at you later. Peace.
And all that. A pigeon wanna know what it costs and all that. Dumb shit wanna sit in the front, hitting the blunt. Pussy dry out, want you to spit in a cut. A real chick uses KY. Take her out, she get cash out the bank to put gas in the tank. A real chick keep a dough up, never look toe up. Pigeons fucking flow up and suck all your draw up. Front like they drink it drunk and straight throw up. This is our year. Get the fuck out of here. Kitchen cooking chicken. Oh. I don't give a fuck how thick your legs be. Oh. If you strip, bitch, get me in the wedge free. Oh. Sophisticated in the club, looking all dumb. Oh. Cause we from the same place, so we all slump. Oh. Rough sex, I know you get hyper than that. Oh. Fuck slow jams, let me pipe it to rap. Oh. Run up in your private bag while you asleep. Oh. Before I leave, smack your butt and say now you a freak. Oh. So what you want from me? Money or dick? Said though, that ain't funny, you bitch. Oh. If I bust enough first, you ain't getting shit off. Oh. Then I catch you in the club, snatch your wig off. Oh. No pigeon can say brand bullshitted. I could G it down to let my pit bull hit it. You with it? Oh. 